The Red Review is brought to you by Growth Ignition, the transformation consulting, training and enabling tech firm in the work winning space and their product set, the Bid Toolkit, the online bid processing guide with APMP accredited training and tools to download. Hello there and welcome to The Red Review with me, Jeremy Brim. Uh, I've got a good episode for you this week. Uh, I'm talking to my friend Jennifer Namvar uh, from over in the States, who's a capture expert for Lidos. Um, and it's a conversation I've wanted to have for a while to really examine uh, the difference between capture in the States, uh, and particularly where they face into uh, federal and military contracts, uh, which seems to be quite a bit more advanced uh, and mature than we have uh, as, a, as a part of our discipline over here in, in, in Europe. Um, so I thought, uh, let's get her on, let's have a chat, examine that. So let's get into it, see how it goes. So hi, Jennifer, how are you? Hi, Jeremy, I'm fine, how are you? Yeah, very good, thank you, very good. Excited about this one, because I'd wanted to get you on for ages. Um, so I guess uh, yeah, we're sort of aware of each other from social media stuff and we've spoken a couple of times, but could you just give a bit of an introduction uh, for yourself and, and a bit of your career summary, first of all, and then we'll have a bit of a chat about Capture. Sure, Jeremy, thanks for having me on. So my name is Jennifer Namvar. I have been in the government contracting space for the last 18 years in the US. I'm based out of the DC area in Northern Virginia, actually. And so I've been focused on bidding IT technology, high performance computing, applications development, all different types of those kind of technology focused bids for the last 18 years. I started my career off in on the proposal side. So I was a senior proposal manager before I became a capture manager and I've been in capture for the last 12 years. So uh, I've done a bit of everything, business development, marketing, plus uh, obviously a lot of capture and proposal work. Fantastic. OK, so the reason why I was excited to get you on is that we've kind of surmised that you guys in the States are a bit ahead of us uh, in, in Europe in terms of practicing capture ahead of ahead of bids and proposals coming out to market. Um, and obviously you're, you're uh, working for a major organization that are quite heavily into that space that I think there's some interesting things to learn from. So um, I wanted to, if, if you wouldn't mind talking us through what capture means to you in the States and sort of an overview of the approach that you take. Um, okay. And then we'll, we'll compare notes, I think, with where we are maturity wise in the UK and, and have a bit of a chat from there, if that's okay. Yeah, that's perfect. Right. And I'm with a large organization with Lidos, which is um, probably the largest professional services IT contractor in federal government. I think we're number one right now. And um, so, yes, capture management is very mature here in the United States. And it's definitely a recognized career path, especially if in the government contracting space. I wouldn't say so much in the commercial space. And it, once you get out of the DC area, not everyone knows what a capture manager is, but certainly in the major markets where the government's doing business in the US, uh, capture manager is a pretty recognized profession. So it's under the general umbrella of business development. So. You know, if you think about business development, you've got capture management. So you get in, um, you've got business development, 
who's responsible for identifying opportunities and putting them in the pipeline and sort of understanding the different agencies, the lay of the land, the competitors at more of a higher level and um, having those high level relationships with customers. And then capture managers get involved after the opportunity has been qualified and management decides to go ahead and pursue that opportunity. They want to get um, they want to start preparing for the request for proposal. They want to start shaping the opportunity, engaging with the customer on how um, they would like to see the requirements come out and making some recommendations, having some back and forth about what the customer is uh, wanting in terms of the solution and then starting to pull that team together, both internally with your solution architects and your writers and all, all those folks, as well as externally bringing on subcontractors, any technology partners that may come on as vendors and be part of the solution. Um, the capture manager is also responsible for understanding the competitive landscape and engaging competitive intelligence analysis. Um, or analysts rather to pull together information on who your top competitors are and how you can beat them. Um, we're responsible for working with the pricing strategists to prepare for, you know, what the pricing is going to look like and what what levers we need to pull in order to um, be competitive. We're responsible for um, let's see, what am I forgetting? Uh, price, you know, price to win comes before the before the. Uh, uh, pricing strategy, understanding where your price needs to be in order to be competitive. Um, and, at, you know, obviously getting all that internal buy-in and briefing management on where you, where you stand with the capture, what's the status, uh, what are the gaps, you know, what resources do you need, have you met with a customer, how's your client intimacy, all of those things we're responsible for. And then, um, we're also responsible all the way through to the end after after the proposal comes out we're still there 100 uh, percent of the time actively engaged making sure that um you know everything that we've done pre-proposal gets into the proposal response all those themes and discriminators addressing all of those customer hot buttons and of course pricing is a major thing getting all the pricing from your subcontractors and your tech um you know, if there's technology partners providing a bomb uh, bill of materials, making sure you, you've um, prepared the right, you've got the right uh, combination of, of technology solutions and you've negotiated the prices down and all of the, that wonderful stuff. And then the reviews, of course, um, the, for the, the blue team and the pink team and the red team. I don't know if you guys have label it the same way over there, but all of the, um, various stages of, as the proposal matures and then we stay through the proposal submission and then we even stay engaged after after the proposal submission when the um ens come out so if if they have any questions about um the proposal that they need clarified and things like that so we stay engaged throughout and even if there's a protest <laughs> we're still engaged in that as well so um, wow. we work very closely with the proposal managers. Um, okay, so you're you're acting as a as a facilitator, really cradle to grave, all the way all the way through the entire life cycle of an opportunity, really. Well, from from it being assessed, from BD doing the lead generation, 
So from it yep. being qualified yep. as, as something to pursue. How, how far out from the RFP or the ITT are you looking to, you know, do you, or do you get engaged after that? You know, how, how early is that decision to pursue? Is it months before an opportunity would come yep. out to tender? Or, you know, is it a year or 18 months? Or what's the, what's the sort of average that you're engaged? Yes. How early are you? Depending on the size of the opportunity, and usually I'm going after the larger opportunities, meaning it's you know over a hundred million dollars, between a hundred million dollars to about a billion dollars. Um, that's the size of the opportunities I've been focused on. So for those, generally go after uh, one to two years in advance. One year, eighteen months um, is normal. Those smaller ones you can get engaged uh, with a little bit less time. Yeah. It's really interesting because I've, I've, when when Mike used to do the podcast with me, when I used to have Mike Reader on, we, we did a couple of different episodes on that were capture related. One on uh, what we called accelerated pursuit, where you've got less than six months before the tender came out. Perhaps you've got three months, and that's largely for smaller ones or just tactical opportunities. I'd agree. Right. And, and then we did an episode on what capture means to us here in the UK, certainly from our end of the telescope. Uh, and we said exactly the same thing as you. So that's really <laughs> well, that's good. That we're, yeah, that's really good that we're aligned in terms of that line uh, sort of uh, program or schedule. But it's it's quite interesting. So in, part of the reason why I really wanted to talk to you is because in the UK, you know, talking to APMP people like Tony Round and uh, looking across my clients, I'm, I'm in a really exciting space because I'm a, I'm a capture practitioner like you, having worked globally and, and in the states on. On federal opportunities so that's kind of I've learned from people like your good self and I've been desperately trying to get people in the UK sort of engaged in this stuff for a few years but it's starting to ignite people are starting to recognize it um, and you know I'm starting to get clients that, that want to you know, look at these opportunities that far out because of where the competition is but we're, we're at you know, a much earlier stage in the maturity hmm. of it it's, it's interesting I hadn't tweaked hadn't realized that it's largely public sector, the you know, federal government markets where you've got capture people. So it's, it's of course, largely a, a DC uh, kind of area piece because that's that's kind of the, the heart of that. Um, so yeah, because I, I see I used to see a lot of jobs on LinkedIn, um, a capture manager uh, yeah. over in the States, but I just, I hadn't realized that most of them were DC and, and thinking about it, they were. so. That's that's interesting in itself as kind of being a, a hive of of activity there. So how in terms of it's quite interesting because you're it's a bit like the pandemic when I used to speak to friends who are in Asia to understand because they were a month ahead of us where where the pandemic was going to go. And so you're in a much nicer way. You're years ahead of us in capture. So by understanding how it's changed for you over the last ten years or twelve since you've since you've started in it we might be able to see what's coming for us. So what's, how's Capture evolved for you since you started working in it, since you jumped the fence from proposals in, into Capture 12 years ago? Yeah, well, I would say for me personally, it's evolved because I'm, I'm able to work on larger, more strategic opportunities. You know, when you're first starting out, maybe you're a deputy capture manager or you're a, um, a um, working on smaller opportunities that are, not as important to the company. So um, that's changed. But I think at a macro level, some of the things that have changed, so the, the government has changed their regulations a bit in the United States in terms of how they do bids. So they're 
going toward more streamlined acquisitions. They're, there's, um, they're doing different types of acquisitions now than they used to. So it's, um, it's allowed us to kind of, or challenged us to kind of adapt and learn how to master some of those new uh, acquisition strategies, how to capture those and, and to kind of work together as a team to understand what are the best practices that we use to win those types of opportunities that are maybe a little bit different or a little bit more specialized than how things have been done in the past. So that's one of the things that's definitely changed in our profession. I would say there's definitely more capture managers now than when I first started. And um, I don't think it's because of that bias where, you know, when you start doing something, you know, you buy a car and then all of a sudden all you see is that car on the street. I don't think that's why I think there are actually more. Um, but I think when I first started, there weren't that many capture managers. Most of them were, of, um, you know, people with 30, 35 years of experience in the company. So you're starting to see younger people getting into it more. You're starting to see more people getting into it because it's become more of a mature discipline. And um, some of those folks are have been, um, you know, so successful at doing what they do that companies realize that there's a need to replicate that success and propagate it and teach sort of the next generation of capture managers. So I've been able to benefit from being that next generation. And then now there's people coming in after me too, that, you know, you got to pay it forward and, and um, kind of teach them the ways of how to do it. So that way it's, in that way it's become more of a mature profession. So, um, that's one of the things that's definitely evolved as well over the last decade or so. Okay, that's really interesting because I, I could see it similarly here becoming a proper career pathway. Um, it's but we're 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 quite early doors. Um, and so yeah, how do I compare where we are in the UK? So yeah, we we very there are very few organisations that have capture managers. Uh, you know, full, fully full-time employed. We most, uh, even public sector-facing organisations, have a bit of a gap between business development and then bidding. And so, yeah. they'll have pipeline meetings where opportunities are discussed. But really, in terms of that work that you do to draw, you know, to build on that that initial momentum of lead generation. Yeah to really position and particularly the piece that you mentioned around solution, you know, co-solutioning with the client, taking them through solution development before a, a bid ever comes out. Mm -hmm. uh, that's, that's pretty alien here, um, mm -hmm. but is is definitely on the radar of a few organizations. So we're, we're quite far behind, but uh, I, I think it's an interesting, I can see it going to pan out really. And so what, what do you think the future holds then? If we've talked about the past in effect, what, what, where do you think Capture's going? What, what are the, the trends that you're seeing moving forwards? Well, one of the things that I'm seeing is that it's, it used to be there were a lot more business development people and fewer Capture managers. Now I see that it's going more Capture managers and fewer business development um, as companies are assigning capture managers earlier and earlier to for their strategic opportunities to begin shaping and and you know engaging with the customer and things like that so there might be less of the business development and a lot of the business development um, um, there's a lot more tools right now for um, identifying opportunities and 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 things like that so maybe more of that work will get automated I'm not 
I'm not really sure. But um, you definitely can't automate customer relationships. Oops, hold on one second. My um, screen just went blank, but I'll keep talking. But you can't, you can't automate um, building relationships with customers. So that's obviously going to, that work is going to continue regardless of what title it's going to go underneath. Mm. Well, I think it's, uh, it's an interesting point, the, that kind of blurring of the edge or uh, pushing business development out, I guess, um, because the classic sort of business development or salesperson uh, who will, will go around conferences and open doors and you know, really create that lead gen piece, um, mm-hmm. I, I, I think they, they definitely still have their place. Oh, yeah. Uh, they, you know, they need to be uh, properly conducted. I'm, I'm definitely seeing more organisations becoming uh, better organised, what I call joining the dots from their business strategy, business planning strategy through their marketing plan yep. and then how they deploy business development all, all along through that uh, and that's that's what that's what my business does uh, day in day out um with capture as one of the, the steps and then into bidding through that sort of you know uh, set the deal funnel life cycle really um but it, yeah it will be interesting how I, I don't know whether some of those business development people will switch to being capture managers um but what i tend to find is business development people have a different insights profile their, their personality dna is different their competencies are different compared to a capture manager particularly and it is interesting that you switched from proposals jump the fence to to capture uh, because I, I think that's a more likely route um i have to say i i don't think generally you know it's obviously brought very broad brushes here uh, but I, I don't think generally business development people have the attention to detail and the kind of project management skills um to to you know sort of program management skills to, to manage a capture program effectively. I, th- I think they're particular animals for particular tasks. Whereas of course, bid management professionals, proposals people do have those skills. Um, and all we're doing really actually, as, as, as the COO of a business that I, I've been working with for a few months has said to me, they do some wonderful work in the bid strategy piece. You know, once the RFP ITT's out, and you know, she said to me, "Can you imagine what we could do if we had six months before the ITT came out?" So she, you know, and that's what I'm helping them do is build out that capture approach to get their people engaged in co-solution with clients. You know, way before that, hopefully a year in advance of of opportunities coming around. Um, so it's interesting. I can see the DNA of where you've come from and how that space works in the states with where we need to go. Yeah. So that's that. Fascinating. Uh, thank, thank you for that. Um, and so, uh, do you, is there any particular technology or, or platforms that you use for for capture? Sorry to, to hit you with a question we hadn't pre-prepared, but no, just, that's just, fine. You know, the fu- future trends-wise, are, are there particular platforms you use to help with this? We we use um, we have a CRM, so we use Microsoft for our CRM. I've used Salesforce as well in the past. So both of the, those are good. Um, we're in that all the time. And then we've developed some tools that we use internally for, um, you know, tracking of budgets, capture budgets, and ensuring that, you know, the right people are charging to our charge code and things like that. So we're in those tools a lot. We log all of our our customer calls in the, our CRM. 
and then we've got some uh, research tools, some software that we use uh, to look at at opportunities. You know that they track when when bids are coming out and and what the contracting officer said and things like that. In addition to the open source government tools, sometimes we use those. So um, and then of course we subscribe to a number of different trade trade publications and things like that, so we can stay um, stay front and center of what's happening in the industry. We're part of a number of trade organizations and we participate in that as well. So those are the main main tools of the trade other than uh, just your standard Microsoft suite. So. Yeah, it's, it's interesting. I, I think there's a gap there. So, um, because I, I work with organizations that use Microsoft Dynamics and Salesforce, et cetera. And the problem is that those platforms were designed for business development people out on the road, really, yeah. tracking lead gen. So, you know, a lot of construction clients in my space in the UK use Dynamics for managing their pipeline and for governance around that, sign-offs and things like that. So it works okay for that kind of stuff. But in terms of actual capture planning, you know, being able to visualize who all the key stakeholders are, and how you map out how you're going to influence them and then obviously yep. particularly in uh, co-solution development there's nothing there to to do that it's quite different you have to attach documents to your crm don't you really yeah yeah, yeah. i um, mean the big gap i see is having a big um brain sort of that helps me like if, especially if you're man when you're managing multiple opportunities it helps me manage the, all the tasks around the capture and that would be uh, panacea for me to have a tool like that. Maybe you and I ought to build one one day. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, I've, I've promised my dad I'm not. I'm not. I'm not going to do scouts on a dad. I'm not going to do anything that is on the critical path of a business. Um, so, because uh, I, I, you know, I've got friends who are, who are a bit, you know, sort of developing that sort of stuff in the bid management space, for instance. But yeah, too right. too risky for me. I don't. Want don't want it to fall over and get sued. Um, but yeah, yeah I, I'm just very surprised that Microsoft and others uh, in that space haven't spotted that kind of missing link. Uh, and of course, looked at the bid, the bid management space, because a lot of the platforms that are in that space um, are, are all right, but you know, it's not setting the world alight. They're getting into AI and you know, being able yeah. to um, you know, uh, shred, shred RFPs and Give you the best answers to the questions you've been asked and all that kind of stuff but um it, it'll be interesting to see where that that space goes and how it comes together but you know it will i think yeah there's a bit of work to do there for me when I, mean, I i use miro which is a great big online whiteboard platform for my capture plans working with clients where i can What's invite them we have uh, miro i uh, mr m i r o um okay which is so it's it's, it's like uh, Microsoft, within Microsoft 365, you can get um, their their version called Whiteboard, which is much more simplified. But Miro is quite good because you can invite people to join you in post-it noting, uh, you know, different workshopping uh, ideas, yeah. cool. all that kind of stuff. You put wireframes in, so I've I've got yep. quite big boards that you meander around, and it's got yep. you know. Uh, wireframes for you to be able to work through who the competition are, their strengths and weaknesses, uh, you know, who all the stakeholders are, who holds the relationships, what keeps them up at night, all of that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. um, but it's completely unconnected to any CRM platforms. It's it's yep. just the same as having some 
some post-its on a on a flip chart you know doesn't doesn't do you any favors really uh, in yeah. that regard so yeah there's something there's something missing there so hopefully that's that's something that closes up well yeah so thank you thank you for the talk i think that's that's quite the chat on that it's quite interesting to see how we'll we'll hopefully catch you up a bit so go on in terms of the gimmicky podcasty type stuff um your capture heaven and hell give us an example of something that's gone uh, a, a story on something that's gone not so well and then perhaps a bit of a uh, a touch on something that you'd like to see in capture okay yeah well i've got so one story of something that that didn't go so well this is years ago i was pregnant with uh, i want to say my first child and I was working with the proposal manager and everything was smooth up until the time when we had to submit. And um, for some reason, um, we were going, we went to submit our, and it, this was a hard copy submission. <clears throat> and the production schedule was just running late. And this is why it's important to submit early, right? And um, it, our production was late. And at that time, we didn't have control over production. Production was some other organization that wasn't controlled by us, and they kind of called the shots. It was really interesting. But uh, we went to go drop off at FedEx, and the FedEx um, had already the FedEx deadline was already uh, over. And so we we drive around to the next FedEx place, and that that one was already over as well. So anyway, I'm, I was kind of freaking out. I was like nine months pregnant and with the proposal manager and we ended up uh, finally ending, uh, ended up going to Dulles Airport and uh, we were able to submit it on time, but it was just, it was very nerve wracking for me at the time. And um, it wasn't a great situation. So that was, that definitely raised my stress levels uh, on top of the, the pregnancy there. So not oh. recommended, <laughs> pregnant oh, okay. or not pregnant. <laughs> so that was my hell story. We did submit on time and we did win the win the opportunity, luckily. So, um, but yeah, it would really be bad to, uh, if you missed a, a submittal deadline. So yeah. that's my hell story. And then uh, heaven. You know, I mean, I think a heaven story is is uh, just if you get, if you actually get started on time, you have a really great team and uh, maybe a deputy deputy capture manager, um, really great solution architect and uh, program manager. If you've got that kind of trifecta and um, you're able to to beat the competition and get through it without without a protest and uh, uh, not too many, uh, not too much drama with with management. Then that's 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 heaven, I would say. Yeah, smooth running. Yeah, fair enough. Good stuff. And then and then just to finish, have you got a favorite quote or book or inspirational person you wanted to touch on? Yeah, I mean, I would say for um, for a quote, my favorite quote is probably "Run your own race" because uh, I like running and. And um, I think that, you know, you have a tendency to people have a tendency to compare themselves to other people and, and look at wh where someone else is versus where you are. And um, it's not helpful necessarily. So I think running your own race and just um, doing the best that you possibly can as as an individual and focusing on your own goals is a lot more helpful and getting to where you eventually want to be than comparing yourself to other people. So I think run your own race is probably a quote that I live by. Um, 
in terms of a favorite book. So I'll give you two books that I really like. One of them is more on the personal side. So, um, and that would be, there's a book called Sapiens, pretty interesting nonfiction. It's all about the history of uh, mankind and everything like that. Really good book. Um, and wow. yeah, have you heard of it before? I haven't, no. Yeah, that... check it out. It's, it's a good one. Um, and let's see, from a, from a professional side, a book that I really like, a marketing book that I like is called Building a Story Brand by Donald Miller. Have you heard of that one? Uh, I have heard of that one, yeah. Yeah, that's, a, re that's well. a really good one too, um, that I think is, has a really good framework for, for putting together messaging and things like that on the marketing end. Um, so those two, and then people that I admire. Well, I always admire female leaders because I think that, um, you know, there's obviously a, a lack of, of um, you know, participation of female leaders. So, um, so any, I'm always looking to see those women that are able to make it to the next level and admiring of them, for example, like um, our new vice president, um, Harris, and, um, you know, C female CEOs like uh, Sarah Blakely, or, you know, just taking a look at all of those women that are able to accomplish so much and, and just seeing, you know, what they've been able to do, I think is, is helpful for inspiration. Brilliant. Oh, thank you. Um, yeah. Well, it's, it, it, it's, it's been a really good chat. Thank you very much. I mean, I, I think uh, from our chats off offline privately, you know, you're really enterprising, interesting individual. It's, it's really interesting. Yeah, we can't get too much into what you actually do for Lidos because obviously it's all competitive stuff, uh, yeah. you know, very big deals. But um, it's it's fascinating how anyone in any organisation of any size can take something from that approach of engaging early uh, and trying to take take clients on the, on that journey pre-bid. It's fantastic. So thank you, thank you very much yeah. for your time, Jeremy. Thank you, Jeremy. Any time. So what a decent chat, really insightful stuff. Uh, thank you very much, Jennifer. That was uh, really useful. Uh, and please do go look up uh, Jennifer on your social media, etc. Uh, she's got a really good presence, shares some, shares some great stuff. Um, so what have we got going on? Well, we've just had uh, our first breakfast event of the year uh, yesterday on the 14th so of April. So uh, the video of that will uh, go out into our Red Review community. Um, and then into uh, our private LinkedIn group for clients too. Uh, so keep an eye out for that if you if you miss the session, and do keep an eye out for our future sessions. One a breakfast one or a webinar in July, uh, and then our conference in September. I can say our, our webinar in July. We're going to have a panel on alliances uh, with Chris Gayton from EIB. He's going to join me uh, as the first speaker down on the team sheet for that. Uh, and in September, uh, after a bit of dialogue with the chief exec of CCS, Crown Commercial Services, uh, I can say we're going to have a panel discussion on social value where we'll be joined by uh, a head of policy uh, from CCS to take part in that discussion, along with uh, Jill Askew and uh, Carrie-Anne Hewlin, who we had at the breakfast event yesterday. It's going to be a, it's six months further down the line. What are we finding in the world of, of social value after that PPN notice late last year? So, so look out for those. Uh, that's exciting stuff. I've got an episode of the podcast coming 
that we'll distribute in a couple of weeks time. We're going to slow down to, to just send these out every couple of weeks now. Uh, I've got an episode though uh, with an, an interesting speaker um, about the impact of the pandemic on bid management. Uh, they've done a white paper uh, and a bit of research into what's changed for our discipline during the pandemic. So we're going to talk through talk through that. So look, look forward to that soon. Uh, stay safe. See you soon. Thank you very much.